Hey, my name is Matt Poole, and this is Unapologetically Catholic, the podcast where we dive into the different doctrines, dogmas, and beliefs of the Catholic faith to help explain why I personally am unapologetically Catholic and why I think that you should be too. This week's episode uh, is going to be about bad popes. So what does that mean for the Catholic Church? Um, Does it prove that the popes are not really the vicar of Christ? Uh, Does it mean that, you know, Jesus didn't really establish a papacy and that this is some kind of just like power grab for evil men? Um, Is it proof that the Catholic Church is really not what it claims to be? These are um, all different things that I have heard in the past about uh, bad popes and, and what they may or may not prove. So we're going to look at that and see if, you know, is that true? Uh, there have been some very, very bad popes in the past. If anyone tells you that there have not been bad popes before, um, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> and they don't know history at all because there's been some really bad ones. Uh, so that's what we're going to look at this week. I'm glad you're here. If this is your first time here, uh, feel free to follow us on Instagram at unapologeticallycatholicpod or shoot me an email to unapologeticallycatholicpod at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. Uh, but with that, let's get into it. All right. Um, I forgot to say in the intro, uh, if you're someone who listens to this podcast regularly, uh, welcome back again. So (laughs) I, sometimes I'll listen back right after I make the intro. Sometimes I just kind of roll with it and then I go into recording the main part. And so this time I listened back and I was like, Hey, I said something to new folks, but what about all the people who listen regularly? You better tell them hello and thank you. So hello and thank you. (laughs) Um, anywho, uh, yes. So this week, we're going to talk about bad popes. There have definitely been some really bad popes all throughout history. Um, but, but does that disprove, you know, what does that mean for the Catholic church? Right? Because sometimes what I'll hear some of my Protestant friends say, and what I would have said in the past myself is, okay, well, if Jesus wanted to establish a church with a physical, like human being as its head, um, and, and, man, have him given the title Vicar of Christ, like, that's a pretty big deal. You would tend to think that that person would be maybe not perfect because they're a human being, but they definitely wouldn't do anything that was, like, crazy bad, right? Like, maybe they would, you know, you would think, okay, well, the popes might, like, take a chocolate bar from the gas station or, like, they tell someone that dinner was delicious when really they didn't think it was that good. Like, that's what a pope would probably do, right? Like, definitely not things like, you know, um, have all kinds of mistresses and definitely not things like hire hitmen for people and be more like warlords than popes. Definitely wouldn't be that, right? Um, wrong (laughs) because all of those things have been true about popes in the past um so what does that mean uh i thought a good place to start though would be in the catechism to see i i have a episode on the papacy and what popes kind of like what the authority of the pope entails of um 
So I don't want to go into that a ton in this episode, but I thought it would be important to read at least this one paragraph from the Catechism on the papacy, because it kind of will help set us up for the rest of um, the episode. So paragraph 882 says, The Pope, Bishop of Rome, and Peter's successor is the perpetual and visible source and foundation of the unity both of the bishops and of the whole company of the faithful. For the Roman pontiff, by reason of his office as vicar of Christ and as pastor of the entire church, has full, supreme, and universal power over the whole church, a power which he can always exercise unhindered. Um, That's a massive claim. (laughs) So that's a big deal, right? Uh, That's a lot of power for one man to have. Um, So when you start to see, and and I do want to say, I don't want to belittle any of the arguments or or concerns that Protestants have about, like, the seriously nasty past, um, uh, sometimes, of the papacy. Uh, Those are genuinely good questions to ask, and they're important questions to ask, and they're like they're very valid questions i thought these same exact things uh when i was a protestant and who wouldn't right like if if in from if catechism paragraph number 880 true 880 true 882 is true um then how can that like how can that how can you reconcile that with like popes who are hiring hitman and hitmen and having mistresses and sodomy and all kinds of like just really bad stuff going on in the papacy. Well, um, so I think a good place to start, which I, I think I've said this before in other episodes, but a really big, um, what would be the way to say it? Eye opening experience for me when I first, when I went to my first mass was the, just the amazement that I had in the connection between the Old and the New Testament. The Old and the New Testament, and then today, 2,000 plus years later, it, it has never seemed more connected and um, flowed as like easily as it had. Like I always, as a Protestant, I always, some Protestant churches don't look into the Old Testament too much. Some will even say, well, the Old Testament God is different from the New Testament God. Both, well, all the churches that I've ever been to, none of them have ever said anything like that. And they had a very high regard for the Old Testament um, as well as the New Testament. So um, I always had a respect and understanding for the Old Testament, but I never really saw the connection. So I kind of want to go back at least a little bit to the Old Testament and think through some things, right? So um, Jesus, or God, promised a eternal kingdom that would come from the line, or a Messiah that would come from the line of David, right? Um, So let's look at David himself. Uh, I mean, this is the line that the Messiah himself is going to come from, and and a throne that's going to last forever is going to come from. So, and this is for God's chosen people. Like, not only is it God's chosen people, but it's the, it's the most important line of all the tribes in God's chosen people. Um, so we have 
David himself. <laughs> uh, made some really, really poor choices. Uh, David, we know, is a, or was, an adulterer and a murderer, right? Not good things. Like, really not good things. Um, and then on down through the line of David. Now, obviously, David repented and he changed. Um, and as far as we know, never did anything wrong again. Uh, and is a good king, right? Uh, but there are other kings in the line of David himself that are really, really bad guys, like doing some really terrible things, um, kind of like popes, uh, some of the some, kind of some of the same similar things that popes have done in the past. Um, but what's the right way to say it? Not that it doesn't matter, but that doesn't mean that the line of David is no longer valid, right? So Jesus, as we know, still came through uh, the line of David, no matter how messy, bad, ugly, like really horrific things that were done by different leadership in the line of David. Uh, despite that, God's promises still came true, right? Um, and, and we believe this about God today that, you know, we can see that all of the promises of God have always come true. So we can have faith that every single time God makes a promise, it is going to come true. Uh, whether it feels like it or not, whether it seems like it or not, uh, whether it's easy or hard to believe, they always come true. So if we can see that in the Old Testament, and I know that was very brief in like a 30,000 view, not, not even a 10,000 view, it's like a 30,000 view, but um, if you've not read and studied the Old Testament, uh, especially if you're Catholic, I think reading and, and at least trying to understand the Old Testament as much as you can will really um, deepen your faith. I mean, it's the Old Testament is the Word of God just as much as the New Testament is. Um, so, yeah, read it and understand it. It's really good. And if you're not a Catholic listening to this and you're a Protestant and you um, don't believe me, uh, if you know the Old Testament, go to Mass, and you'll be shocked at the connections that you see. Anyways, <laughs> um, so what does that mean about, how does that, what does that have to do with popes today at all, or bad popes that have been throughout history? Uh, so I want to look in Matthew 16 when Jesus institutes Peter as the first pope. Okay, so this is Matthew uh, 16. We're going to start in verse 17. This is right after Simon Peter told Jesus that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Uh, verse 17 says, And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So um, I wanted to point that out or read that passage of Scripture because we can see there, and there's more arguments for from Scripture that Jesus started the papacy with Peter, right? Like that's uh, that's not this episode. <laughs> so I, I know that's not, I'm making a big claim here, but I've gone into detail about 
the papacy in my other episode. So if you'd like more information on that, you can go there or research it online. There's plenty of resources other than just this podcast. Anyways, uh, Jesus makes a really big promise to Peter. He tells them that he is the rock that he's going to build his church on and that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Um, So this is another, just like we in the Old Testament saw that God made a promise that a, uh, a everlasting kingdom would come from the line of David and a Messiah would come from the line of David. Uh, and there was nasty, really bad stuff, um, or really bad kings that had come down from David. Uh, and David himself did some not so great things. Well, let's look at Peter as well. Um, we know that Peter himself denied Jesus three times, right? Uh, and this, you know, it's uh, maybe not a direct connection, but I just think it's kind of, I don't know, what would be the right way to say it? Like, kind of strange that, you know, God makes a promise to David saying that a Messiah would come from his line. Uh, and then, and, and David had made some really poor choices. Uh, and Peter, likewise, he was the promise was made to him from Jesus, who is God, the son of God, um, made the promise to him that he was the rock that he was going to build his church on and that the gates of hell would not prevail against his church. Um, and so it has not, the gates of hell have not prevailed against the church, even though there have been really bad popes. Um, now does this, in another thing too, to look at in this promise that Jesus gave, uh, there's nowhere in here that Jesus says it's going to be a nice, pretty process, or that there won't be like men doing popes or other rocks that the church is further built up upon that are like he doesn't promise a pretty shiny foundation, right? He doesn't promise a pretty shiny perfect sinless um church and it just like that that was not the case in the old testament as well uh but he does make the promise that that nothing is going to that the gates of hell are not going to prevail against the church Uh, so it's really important to understand that jesus didn't promise that bad things wouldn't happen in his church um, and, you know, I think, and maybe, I, I don't know, maybe I could be going too far out on a limb here. I hope that I'm not. But when, when I, when I read that Jesus says the gates, well, let's read it here verbatim. Uh, ah, where is it? Okay, here we go. Um, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. To me, for Jesus to or for the for the bible to they're jesus words but anyways for the bible to say that the gates of hell would not prevail against the church almost to me makes it plausible that the possibility of the gates of hell really trying very hard (laughs) to overtake the church uh was left open like that that option or that possibility was left open i don't i hope that makes sense um but Jesus promised that the gates of hell would not overtake the church. 
Uh, so, and I think that when Jesus speaks, he was obviously very careful about and very particular about the words that he used. Um, he didn't say the gates of hell will never come close to, or the gates of hell will never touch, or the gates of hell will never shine its dark light towards. N- nothing along those lines, but that the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. Um, so the gates of hell will not finally win. And we could even use this same logic, you know, down through the bishops, uh, the things going on in Vatican City, or things that have gone on within the Vatican, um, or even down to, like, local small churches and priests. Now, I do want to just pause real quick and take a side note and say that, you know, I by no means mean to belittle any kind of negative thing that has happened to anyone, whether past or yeah, past or present. Um, these things are huge deals. This is like I'm by no means and by no stretch of the imagination want it to seem like I'm, you know, excusing. Uh, really terrible, awful things that should never happen to anyone. Um, I don't want it to sound like I'm trying to excuse these things because these things are a big deal uh, and they matter and they should not happen. So just kind of wanted to interject that uh, here real quick because I feel like that's important to say. Um, Anyways, having said that, uh, so even... Because sometimes, a lot of times, you'll hear the argument that like the popes have been really bad, so there's no way that the papacy, papacy, <laughs> papacy, gosh, I cannot talk. I apologize. Uh, there's no way that the papacy can be valid. And then I've heard that about like, you know, bishops, and then I've heard that about like priests. That like, well, there's no way that the priesthood can be valid because of, you know, there's so much corruption and things that have gone on and and has and does go on, uh, even now. Um, but another really important point that I think is in just extremely important to keep in mind is, uh, that, uh, God did not give Peter the keys to the kingdom. He didn't tell him that he was, you know, the rock that he was going to build his church on. And then, um, and then just say, all right, good luck. See you later. Hope you make it. Um, we understand that while the Pope is the vicar of Christ, so he is, you know, the, uh, he, while Jesus is no longer physically here on the earth, the Pope is standing in his place until he returns again. Um, God is still the one who is guiding the church. Uh, and then we see that after Jesus ascended back to heaven, who did he send? He sent the Holy Spirit, right? And why? So that, so that, uh, well, there's a number of reasons why, but one of the reasons why is so that the Holy Spirit could guide the church. Um, God is still the top of the top head of the Catholic church. The Pope is the physical head or the human head of the church. Um, and that's not to belittle his position, because uh, it is a huge deal to be the vicar of Christ, but it is also important to recognize that 
he is still a fallen sinful human being um and thank god literally that he did not leave his church in the hands of fallen sinful human beings um he is the one who is continually guiding his church and even through the the bad popes and the um poor decisions whether you know whether small things or or massive things because there's been popes who have done both uh that jesus made a promise that the gates of hell would not prevail against the church and here we are 2000 ish years later um and i heard a story (laughs) that was kind of it was kind of funny i don't know if it's true or not and i can't remember where i heard it but this man was talking to like a priest or somebody about wanting to become catholic uh but he wanted to go to the vatican first and the priest was saying no no you don't want to do that like there's a lot of bad stuff going on in the vatican you really don't want to do that because the priest was thinking if he goes he'll never become catholic like he'll come back and say no way um and so this guy goes goes to the vatican tours around talks to a bunch of people whatever and then comes back to the priest and then uh says to the priest all right i'm here can you baptize me i'm ready to become catholic and uh the priest said you are are you sure and he said yeah absolutely he said if if this was some kind of man-made there's so much bad evil stuff that is going on that if this was a man-made invention it would have ended 20 years after it got started and here we are all these years later uh so i'm sure i'm probably butchering that story and i don't know if it's true or not but uh it sounds pretty good and it it, you know helps prove the point that if this were not really if jesus had not truly established this church and if he was not even at this very second guiding the same church there's no way it would last for 2,000 years. Uh, and in the last 2,000 years, despite all the like popes that may have been bad, which, by the way, there have been 200 and I believe 263 popes is the number. Of the 263, there's enough to count on like maybe both your hands that have been really just bad popes um all the rest have been either just like fine or they've been actually really good some of them are canonized saints um but not all of them so anyways in that all that time through all the different changes and people in the different popes there's not once been any type of heresy or um anything that has been dogmatically defined that's been evil or heretical because god made a promise jesus made a promise um here in matthew 16 and just like we can look back on the old testament and we can it's it's i feel like sometimes it's easier with things in the old testament because a lot of the things like the promise that i was talking about earlier the promise that the Messiah would come through the line of David. Well, it's easy for us to believe that now because, like, we, we've we seen it. <laughs> you know, like, we've seen that promise fulfilled. Um, we say that, you know, the, the we as Catholics make the claim that Jesus established the Catholic Church 
and that he made the promise that the gates of hell will never prevail against the Catholic Church. And it's kind of one of those things where I guess it's it's harder sometimes to believe because uh, we're in it. We're, we're like we're in the middle of it right now. <laughs> you know, like we're not. Uh, Jesus has not come back yet, so um, I, I mean the 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 end is not here yet. So we're still relying on his promise. And uh, we can see in other places in the scripture, like Ephesians 5.23 says that Christ is the head of the church. Um, and then, you know, that's important to see with this next verse in 1 Timothy, th- Timothy 3.15, um, where it says that the church is the pillar and foundation of truth. Um, so that's a, a good point. It's just, I, I guess I just want to keep making the point because I feel like it's worth repeating that yes uh, Jesus did establish a church with a physical human being that is still a, a person who has uh, inclinations towards sin but because Jesus is still the final head of the church is the overall head of the church uh, the church is can be the pillar and foundation of truth um, and can be without heresy for over 2,000 years despite really bad, awful popes because of the fact that Jesus is the head of the church. Um, It's important to look at, too, you know, we never, and I don't know why I never really thought about this before as a Protestant when I would question the Catholic Church based off really bad popes and uh, bad things that do and have gone on. Uh, All of the people who wrote scripture were still human beings, right? Um, They were, and I think I I think I said this in the episode about the papacy, but it's just important to remember that uh, even the people who wrote scripture that we would say is infallible, it's inerrant, it never contradicts, there's not a single word that's that's wrong in the bible um we hold it with extreme high regard whether you're catholic or protestant that should be true um and even though that is true the all these people that wrote the scripture were still human beings um and they were still sinners just like all of us are right like none of no one who wrote any of the scripture would make the claim that they were perfect and so we don't look to the let's see what's the right way to say this we don't look to the perfection of the authors of scripture but to the perfection and the guidance of the one who was working through the authors of scripture and in the same way with the church that Jesus established we should not look to the perfection or the lack thereof of those who are the physical heads of the church on earth, but should look at the one who is the true head of the church that he himself established and rely on his promises and look to him as our hope, no matter what the circumstances may look like today, tomorrow, or hundreds or thousands of years ago. All right.
right. Well, thank you again for listening to this week's episode. And I know I say that with every every episode, but uh, I really do mean it, that I appreciate you listening in. Um, I love doing the podcast and have a, I feel like I have a head full of somewhat good knowledge. So I like to share it with people. <laughs> uh, so I hope this has been beneficial for you. If it has, it'd be great if you could share it with whoever. Um, share it on social media or just send it to friends and family that would be great uh and yeah if you have any questions comments or concerns about this episode specifically feel free to reach out to me uh, on instagram or send me an email and i'd be happy to help you um but with that may god bless you and i will continue to pray for you Music